0: Good Tuesday, happy new year to you and yours, and welcome into 2024. We got a lot of new stuff, uh, which is kind of cool. I've got new equipment here in the studio, uh, which we're trying to dial in. So the only way you can kind of do it is by actually doing it. So uh, if uh, it sounds a little wompy at first, uh, just let us know, and then we'll try to to get it uh, a little bit better. But that being said. Uh, good to have you on board, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. And um, uh, got a lot of other stuff to get to. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers today, uh, man, they're, they're going to get back at it beginning tomorrow, actually. But, uh, man, we're going to talk a lot about what happened uh, up in uh, Minneapolis because the Packers just put it on them. Uh, no other way to talk about it. Packers just put it on them, man. Big time. Um, Packers, when, when you look at what they did, when you look at what they did, you got to go, man, man, oh man, oh man. They really, um, they dominated that game in many facets. In, in so many facets. Packers dominated that game. And... Whether it was Jordan Love, look, he is he has had uh, a lot of highs this year. He's had lows this year. Uh, I know coming away from the ball game that there was this talk about whether or not he is or isn't the guy. Look, he's he's going to get a, a contract extension. There's no doubt about it. I was wrong that I thought that maybe that arm strength may not be there. Uh, he's not Aaron Rodgers, and he's not Brett Favre. So when people say he's got this big arm, now nah, we've seen big arms. He's where you just a flick of the wrist and you can you can wing it, man. But he's gotten steadily better, and he's gotten better in the sense of, um, he is cool under pressure. He it just it doesn't look like it phases him, and that's impressive for a guy that's you know getting his first opportunity to be a full time starter. So. Uh, that that was impressive, and then in addition to that, you've got um, you know Aaron Jones. But, but I tell you this: when Aaron Jones is on, man, he is on. He just looks good. I don't know how else to put it. He just does. He just looks good. And um, again, he he ran the ball quickly, well catching passes out of the backfield. He looked determined. I mean, there was so many different facets to that game from Aaron Jones that were impressive. It was, it was good to see, um, and you hope that he remains healthy. Obviously, coming up this weekend, and then they're going to find themselves in a the postseason if if you get the win, the win, and you're in. That's a scenario you want to be in. We kind of said it all week long leading up to the game against against Minnesota in Minneapolis that if, if they win this game, they're going to control their own destiny because so many different scenarios would play out for them. They would obviously have that breaker over the uh, over the Vikings. But then when Pittsburgh went in and knocked off, how about Pittsburgh knocking off Seattle in Seattle? Uh, didn't see that coming, but when Seattle took a loss and all of a sudden everything the the you know everything parted. Because the Rams automatically locked up their berth, and all you got to do if you're the Packers now is just win on Sunday, win against the Bears, which is one of the reasons. Not only is it a rivalry game, but it's one of the reasons that that game is a 325 game. It's because it's a win in your end game. It's a rivalry game. The Bears have locked up the number one overall uh, pick next year, this coming year in the draft. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can watch in this game with with. The viewership being what it is, that was the reason the Packers, we kind of felt that they would get moved to a a 325 game and not be the noon game. So anyway, that being said, uh, yes, uh, over on the live stream, I know that the, the sound is wonky, and we will get to that during the commercial break. So just hang in there. Uh, and if we got to restart it, we'll restart it. But just hang in there. We'll get to it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of the program, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can find us uh, over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also uh, track us down, uh, oh, track Grant Bills down, who is back from uh, his uh, his New Year's weekend. At Wisco, grant, at Wisco Grant. By the way, Grant, uh, happy New year. but how was the how was the music gig, man? The gig Saturday night was fun.
1: Uh, the bar owner came up to us, uh, before kind of after we sound checked and she's like, we want you guys to start exactly at eight and we want you to be done exactly at midnight, which was kind of nice. Cause a lot of times like it bleeds over and you're playing right. till, like one. So we got out of there, we made our money. We had a good time and I drove back to Madison and it was nice. Cause our friend, uh, old Ben, Ben Kenny was hosting on WIP. So I even had entertainment to listen really? to at one in the morning. Uh, after the show, so my New Year's Eve, Rachel fell asleep in the car. She's like, "I'm not staying awake to listen to this." I don't care right. if you know this guy. I don't care about the Eagles, little in sports talk. But my New Year's Eve was was awesome. I had a great time, and the Packers game was on all TVs all over the bar, so no problem watching it. It was a great time.
0: So, uh, you you played four straight through. Did you have a break?
1: No, we had a a couple breaks. So, we played three sets with two breaks. And the dance floor really got popping. The Packers fans, we were celebrating all together. And then kind of as the game was wrapping up, the dance floor uh, started to fill up a little bit. And it was a great time. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was. uh, We had a good crowd uh, for the game. And then right after the game, it was Happy New Year. And then like it is on New Year's. You know, it's just kind of. Everything just kind of peters out about twelve thirty, and then you know off you go. Uh, I think we got home by about one thirty. By the time we tore the equipment down, had a beverage or two, and then uh, and then ended up uh, getting out of there. So uh, that was that was it. But it was good. It was good. We had a good time. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was great to sit down um, sit down and uh, and do the post game show and just kind of enjoy it. So anyway. Uh, and yeah, I know everybody's over on the live stream going crazy. Cause the sound is weird. We got, here's the thing for those that, uh, that are listening, you, you may not even care or give a damn, but we have got, um, a new system, I guess is the best way to put it. And with this new system, uh, come some weird discrepancies and I don't know why, but sometimes you just got to kind of tinker with it while you're doing it. And so we apologize, but uh, we will get to everything today, uh, coming up. Uh, today we got a lot to get to uh, because we're going to hear from inside the Packers locker room. We got Eric Baranchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette going to be joining us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. So we'll talk with Eric Baranchek. Uh, we'll get in uh, the discussion with him about what he saw and what changed. I mean, I, I was it weird? I mean, you were, were you watching the game? Were you able to actually watch the game, Grant? Yes. And then I and then I rewatched.
1: They had it on NFL Network yesterday, so I felt like anything that I missed, I, I got cleared up yesterday. Yeah.
0: Okay. So here's the thing why in the world were so many packers wide receivers running so wide open i mean wide open it was like the minnesota vikings quit i i i went back and watched that game you literally had guys like staring at each other two defenders in the same place but there wasn't much pressure on jordan love it was it was defensively speaking that team had been been playing pretty well and it was like they forgot how to play defense. Uh, the Packers, you know, they did a few things. Obviously, they were trying to crash the run and and stop uh, Aaron Jones. But it was it was bizarre. It, it was just weird the way in which this team um, played defense. I, I, I just, for lack of a better term, played defense against the Packers. They Packers had so many guys wide open, and it wasn't like they were doing so many different things you know with pick routes and and such and disguising stuff that maybe it was that the Vikings just underestimated what the Packers could do but I can't imagine that because the Packers beat them the first time but man oh man uh the Packers had guys wide open and uh, Jordan Love took advantage of it and the Packers walk away with a victory so uh, kudos to Green Bay now it all sets up for the finale. Don't forget, uh, coming up immediately following the game on Sunday, we're going to be live from Burkle's one block over right behind Stadium View with the Green and Gold postgame show. Come on over. Hopefully we're talking about a Packers win, and then we'll know where the Packers are going to be going. By the time that game culminates, we'll know uh, what the schedule is going to be. We just don't know what day and and, and time, but we'll know where they're going. That's for sure. And, uh, man, what uh, what an exciting weekend that'll be if the Green Bay Packers can actually stave off the uh, the rush from uh, the sh- surging Chicago Bears, who now have a decision to make because they have the number one pick overall again. And will they take a quarterback? Will they trade away Jordan F- or Justin Fields? Will they do something else? Because Justin Fields has played some pretty good ball. They have won, what is it, uh, four of their last five and five of their last seven as as the Bears go. I mean, all of us. Now, this is very reminiscent of last year, too where the Bears, they started out bad, then then they looked better, and then down the stretch, all of a sudden, there was a ton of belief in Justin Fields. And then remember, I go back to the first game of the season where we were getting word inside uh, Hallis Hall down there in Chicago that, yeah, Justin Fields really didn't look too good. He didn't look engaged. He didn't look too smart. It's not a mensa meeting when he goes to the huddle. Uh, he's, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But when it comes to the ability, just, you know, sheer talent of being able to run the football and keeping defenses honest, he's played pretty well down the stretch. And he's actually got a little bit of protection, and he's found a couple of receivers. And so they're able to do a few things. But I just don't know what the Bears are going to do in this offseason. I don't I don't know if you can pass up. I'll, I'll say this. Whether Would you take Caleb Williams or Penix Jr.?
1: Oh, uh, Caleb Williams. But I am—I love Michael Penix. It was so much fun watching him last night. I right pro Penix.
0: Yeah, he was as solid as solid gets. I mean, God, he looked good. So, um, anyway, that uh, we got that discussion coming up as well. So there's so much to get to today. So much to get to today. So hang in there. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We will be back. And uh, then after that, uh, we'll get into all of the. We'll hear from inside the locker room. You got Matt Lafleur on Monday and and New Year's Day, and talking about all the different stuff going on. So, hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show. Continuing on. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, got a lot to get to today in regards to the Green Bay Packers. Packers now getting ready for uh, the Chicago Bears. Off today. Back at it tomorrow. And to the Packers then. Packers, um... You know, look, I, there is no reason that I can think of that the Packers should lose this game. And there's two questions that came out of the game this past weekend. One of them is, can the Packers repeat? Can they do this? All that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, which I believe they can. Here's the next question. And the next question is, and to this I have an emphatic no, Uh, A lot of people concerned that the Packers, defensively speaking, played well, and therefore, you know, does this all of a sudden, you know, legitimize what Matt LaFleur has felt about Joe Barry and the job that Joe Barry has done? When everybody's communicating, when everybody's, you know, kind of getting after it, so to speak, does this, you know, reiterate that Joe Barry's defense works? My answer is no. Absolutely, positively not. There is no way, with the way this season has gone, there's no way that Joe Barry keeps his job. I know that's what makes people nervous because you want that defensive performance. You want him to play extremely well, and they did. I give Joe Barry, I mean, he did a few things differently, uh, dialed up some additional pressures, you know, with some different looks, had some stunts, had some blitzes, had Quay Walker coming. Look, I there was things that we noticed that we said, okay, this is different. This is not your typical Joe Barry defense. However, doing it in the second to last game of the season, yeah, that's not going to fly. There's no way. No way. No way that the that the, the the Packers defensively speaking keep Joe Barry as their defensive coordinator. Can the Packers win? Absolutely. Can the Packers defense play well? Yes. But no. I I I'm sorry, no that doesn't happen doesn't happen but that that's what a lot of people are afraid of it's almost like you don't want to win because you don't want Joe Barry to keep the job I want this I want to see this team win I want to see them play well I want to see them get experience in the postseason there's nothing wrong with that you can still win and make changes even even teams that have um you know successful seasons make changes something just isn't good enough I mean that's part of being great you want to be better. And if there's a an area that you feel is the weakest link, you you cut it loose. You get rid of it. And we've all felt that Joe Barry for years now has been the weakest link. So uh, give credit to Joe Barry because what he did, because if they would have lost that game because of the defense, we'd have been shredding them today. Shredding them. And instead, the defense played extremely well. And the defense was put on their heels. That was the only reason that, that uh, the Minnesota Vikings scored was the uh, the fumble by Samari Torre, which gave them the opportunity then to put, punch the ball in the end zone on a very, very, very short field. But no. No, I, I, I don't. I, there's no way that I, I keep Joe Barry. So for those that were asking that, uh, no, no. Um, then uh, you get the, uh, well, what if they lose? Another big game. But I went through that the other night. I said, hey, look, Matt LaFleur's won big games. He beat the Rams to put themselves into the NFC Championship game. He's won big games along the way. Yeah, the NFC Championship game didn't go there. But don't act like he's never won a big game. Let's just keep it real, okay? They've won big games. He he took a team that was in a it was a dumpster fire as Mike McCarthy was showing the door and turned it around to 13-3 and the next year. So... Don't act like he's never won a big game or never had an opportunity to. And for those that say, "Well, it was Aaron Rodgers," well, then why didn't Rodgers rally the troops the year before? Why didn't he win those last couple of games when Joe Philbin had the team after after Mike McCarthy was gone? It should have been all Aaron Rodgers. You can't say that. So anyway, uh, I, I just there's so many different things to kind of kind of nosh on regarding this team. And where they're at and the coaching staff and such. It's it we got an entire offseason to get into that. But that being said, I just I'm like, no, there's no way Joe Barry is gonna keep his job. But to the flip side of that, give Joe Barry a ton of credit. His defense played well. He did a few things differently. He he brought some pressures. He had some different stunts, had some different looks, and he's doing it with what we consider to be a depleted defense. Uh, no Russell Douglas, no Jair Stokes. Now goes on the IR, and his season is over. I mean, which is an incredible shame. Uh, so you got your first round draft choice, you, your your free agent pickup, but all those guys are gone. You know, so there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670 you want to hit us up feel free uh by the way like I said coming up bottom of the hour Eric Branchek of the Green Bay press Gazette's gonna join us and yes we will work on the sound during the uh the, the break so for those that are over on the live stream um we'll, we'll get to it as quickly as uh, quickly as we can uh, so just hang in there um Grant you tell me what you what you saw in a Joe Barry's defense were you impressed uh but to me it's too little too late but were you impressed by what he did and what they did yeah I actually
1: love what Joe Barry did against the Vite. Like, he brought Koi Walker on a blitz. He brought Keyshawn Nixon on a blitz. He tried some different things. I think at this point in the season, my frustration is more with Jair, is more with Rashawn Gary, Devondre Campbell. My frustration at this point is with some of these players that are veterans, that are paid money, that really haven't... Like, the defenses look best when Jair hasn't been out there, right? That That's not Joe Barry's fault to me. That, that's about your best players, your highly paid players needing to play well, And for the most part, on the defensive side of the ball, that hasn't happened. Like, you got 23-year-old wide receivers stepping up a different one every week, playing awesome. And Jair really hasn't looked good a single time this year. So, I don't put that on Joe Barry.
0: I thought uh, the combination Valentine and Valentine and the defensive backs they had in there, uh, they played well. I like the fact that they got aggressive. I saw Quay Walker shed blocks. I saw him blitz. Uh, I saw him get home I mean it was just uh, it was uh, all of that I I was like, wow, where has this defense been all season long now? some will say well it was a fourth string quarterback but remember they did that against Kirk Cousins earlier this year. so it's not like they only do it against bad quarterbacks when there's certain things going right, they they can play some decent defense that's why you kind of believe that there's some talent there you you got to believe there's something out there that is better than what we've seen, and maybe it is just the communication and the play caller, which is fine because then at least you've identified part of the problem. And and for people that say, well, this week they got it and Joe Barry got through to them, my question would be, well, then why hasn't that happened all season long? What has it been that has been so um, stifling when it comes to this team for the ability for Joe Barry to communicate with his guys and to get them all on the same page all season long? You know what I mean? That's a veteran thing, too, to
1: me. Devondre Campbell wears the the earpiece right. in his helmet, and Jair is supposed to be the, the veteran or savage in the back end. I, I've just been disappointed with the players. I thought Joe Barry schemed up some fun things. Let me right. ask you this, Bill. Corey Valentine tackles really well. Jair really doesn't. Valentine really doesn't. Now, we're going into a game against the Bears where Fields is going to be running around. They run a lot of screen plays with, like, DJ Moore. Is there a world in which Corey Valentine actually might – like maybe not play over Jair, but Corey Ballantyne might be one of the better options at corner just because right. he can tackle and Jair hasn't tackled in like three years.
0: Right. I that's a great question. Um I do like Valentine in open space. That I don't mind because he doesn't mind throwing his shoulder in there. And mm-hmm. I hope to God they never teach him not to throw his shoulder in there. But I I 100% agree with you. I am nervous about the ability of Justin Fields to run. I'm nervous about his ability to make plays with his feet because traditionally the Packers have not played. Well, nobody does. I mean, you look at what, not to say that they're on the same level, but you look at what Lamar Jackson did this past weekend. Holy mackerel. I mean, they destroyed Miami. It wasn't like they even just beat them. They destroyed Miami in every facet of that game. And Mike McDaniel had no answer, no answer. Um, so the ability for a running quarterback to make plays, but Justin Fields is not Lamar Jackson and he's not great with his arm. And the first time they played him, they kind of contained him. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not overly concerned, but that's, if I had to say there's an X factor in all of this, it would be the feet of Justin Fields and his ability to run the football. That would be it. Other than that, I have no idea. Uh 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh we will get to uh coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll get to Eric Peranchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette. How impressed are you, Grant, with with Jordan Love? Because I know you've been more of a love lover than I have throughout the season, but that game was impressive. That was, that was probably his best game, Joe Barry's best game, one of the better play calling games, even Aaron Jones' best game of the season. I love that the Packers
1: scored, what did they score? 33, Uh, I don't have the final score in front of me, but they scored in the 30s, which they struggled to do for a bunch of weeks, and Jordan Love left a couple of throws early. There was a third down that he missed in the end zone to Malik Heath. They settled for a field goal, and then he missed a fourth down to Bo Melton. Um, Not to nitpick on the throws that he missed. Obviously, he hit a lot more throws than he, he missed, but he even left some meat on the bone, and he's doing it with, a different cast of characters every week. That's what I don't get about the season, Bill. A lot of this season makes sense to me. You know, young team, ups and downs. What doesn't make sense is how they have a bunch of 23-year-old wide receivers, and one gets hurt, and then another one just slides in and looks just as good. Like, that's such a credit to Jordan Love working with what he has, and a credit to Matt LaFleur, too. But I've been so impressed by that part of the offense and that part of Jordan Love's game.
0: Yeah. Yep, no doubt. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break, come back, and we'll try to reset things on the live stream. We'll try to reset things uh, in studio and all that kind of stuff here, and, and then we'll get to the uh, our buddy Eric Branchek here at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you back. Happy New Year. All that kind of good stuff. Hopefully everything's fixed over on the live stream. Sound wise, we changed out kits and equipment and we'll try to figure it out at another time. But there you have it. Welcome back. Packers going to win 33-10. to They beat the crap out of the Minnesota Vikings in many different facets. To talk more about it, our guy Eric Baranchek of uh, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Also, uh, after further review, the podcast with uh, Pete Doherty, you can hear that stuff uh, there as well. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Happy New Year! Sorry about the
1: confusion, Bill. Eric's coming up uh, next hour. I was letting you know, kind of, as we're resetting oh, the, uh, the technology. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry about that. Okay. I know you're yeah, uh, I, you're fighting multiple fires back there in studio.
0: Yeah, I am. I uh, the the new um, you know for people that don't know, I mean, we've got some new equipment that went in, and for whatever reason, it's not feeding. It'll either feed you or it'll feed me, but it won't feel feel uh, feed both. So, on the live stream, you're getting just one side of the conversation. And that was it. I have no idea why. It's something that you can't do while you're on the air, obviously. So, I had to replace all the old equipment and put it all back in during the break. So, in a three-minute segment or four-minute segment, uh, I got it all put away. So, we got Eric Branchet coming up the next hour, correct? Correct. Yeah,
1: he'll be here at 1130. 1130. Um, he's probably, okay. for the next hour, he's probably grinding film. He's grinding the All-22 to prepare to give us the uh, the best analysis gotcha. possible, I would gotcha.
0: guess. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's fine. We can do that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you go ahead and give us a shout, and hopefully everything sounds good. Now on the live stream, everybody's good. Uh, this one's from Bill. Bill says, uh, there's no way they keep Joe Barry. I 100% agree with you. This has been a problem all season long, and if they start off a season again next year with a bad Joe Barry defense, then what? Do you fire him in midseason? No, you make the change now, you start in a different direction, and you get everybody acclimated at the end of training camp so you don't have these, quote, communication issues all throughout the season. Uh, which, uh, again, I 1 million percent agree. 100 percent agree. Uh, Todd says, don't forget, we win uh, and the Rams lose. I think we then go to Detroit to uh, be nice to see them at home again. Um. I, right At this point, I really don't care who the Packers face, you know. Um, I I just want to see the Packers get the experience. And and I'll be honest, I. it'd be great to get a win in the postseason. I'd love to see them do it on the road, say, in Philadelphia or in Dallas. I don't think they have a, chance, a shot in hell at beating the 49ers. And, and, you know, if they knocked uh, Detroit out, I'm, I'm okay with that. But you've seen them face Detroit. I want to see them against what I would consider to be a really top-notch team and get that level of expectation. You know what Detroit brings. you faced them twice already. What I want to see is go face San Francisco. They've been your bugaboo. Go face San Fran. Go face Philadelphia. Go face Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys go to one of those places, face that atmosphere and hopefully, I mean, you know you cross your fingers, hopefully they overcome. But I, I just want to see them understand, face and realize what that level of talent is and what it takes to beat that level of talent in that atmosphere to advance. And if they do it, so be it. then I become a full on you know believer that maybe they can beat anybody on any any given Sunday. Who knows? That maybe this young team of, 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 you know, people, you know, start to really materialize here at the end of the season. And all of a sudden they go on some kind of a miraculous run when they have no business being there. And then they find their way into a Super Bowl. That'd be great. But I don't think if I had to sit here today and say, I'm going to take a bet, what side are you betting on? The Packers winning one game in the postseason, the Packers getting to a Super Bowl in the postseason. I don't think there's many people that are going to say, okay, I'm going to take the fact that the Packers are going to even get a win in the postseason, much less get to a Super Bowl. But I just want to see them face, and I know it sounds stupid, but I want to see them face San Francisco or you know Philadelphia or Dallas. But on the other hand, now, if you go into Detroit and you beat Detroit, then next year everything's up for grabs in the NFC North. Okay, you've gone on the road in a playoff atmosphere and you've won. And then you get another game against that level of talent. So it's not a bad thing if you go into Detroit and win. You know? 877 uh, 867 Bethany is listening to us in Italy. In Italy. Wow. I had a guy earlier today that shot me an email and he listens every day in Arizona. Uh, and uh, got Ken who listens every day in Kauai. Uh, which is nice. And so we got people all over the world now listening to the program. Uh, It doesn't sound stupid at all. This is a team everybody counted out in the beginning of the season for them to make it even into the playoffs. It's a huge win for the organization. Great experience for the young players that they have. So it's great to be in this position. If we do end up winning this week against Chicago, it'll be a good thing for the Packers. Now, Again, I don't want to be the bucket of cold water, but what happens if they lose this game against Chicago? You know? What happens if they lose this game? Oh. Libby, by the way, listening every day in the UK. Libby, excellent. But what happens if they lose this game? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Can't imagine that. You can't have it happen to you. Because t- at that, depending on how you lose, at that point in time, You know, again, going back to the argument for some that say, well, Matt LaFleur can't win the big game. He has won in the postseason. But when you talk about an NFC championship game, you lose at home. A playoff game against San Francisco, you lose at home. A game last year, you had to have it against Detroit, against, quote, that team, you lose at home. And you have to get in, you have to win and get in or otherwise, you lose and go home again. At Lambeau Field, you lose four straight playoff games at Lambeau Field with everything set up for you. All you got to do is win and move. And you lose again. Then you gotta. Then you gotta. You gotta question some things. I think you're going to start with the the defensive coach being replaced. But I think then next year. Uh, the free pass for Matt LaFleur goes, it's gone. The get-out-of-jail-free card, it will be gone. Then next year, it's about results. So, complicated fellow says if they lose, the drums are going to be a lot louder for Barry to be gone. He's the fall guy, no matter what this year, unfortunately, uh, brings. Um, man, I 100% agree that he's I – I wouldn't even say the fall guy. Joe Barry's gone. I, I can't imagine them bringing him back. Joe Barry would be gone. But I think the get out of jail free card for the success, the previous success you've had as a head coach, goes away from Matt Lafleur if you lose this game. But if you put this team in a postseason, then you think, okay, you're you're kind of, kind of forgiven for Devito. You're kind of forgiven. For Baker Mayfield, you're kind of forgiven for the loss against Bryce Young or beating Bryce Young and company, but for what they did to you down the stretch on the road in Carolina, you know you're you're kind of forgiven for that for that kind of back to back to back quarterback performance against your defense. You're kind of forgiven for that if you get into the postseason. If you're not, you look back on the game against the Giants, you look back on the game against Tampa Bay, and you say what the hell, where the defense completely. Bro- fall ap- fell apart, then you have, like, some issues that you have to deal with. And I think it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to be Joe Barry first. And after that. hey, Grant, you tell me why people are so high on Al Harris. Do well, you know? Well, he's a
1: former Packer. Other um, than that? Well, I think he, we assume, because he's the secondary or the cornerbacks coach of the Cowboys, that's probably been, other than Micah Parsons, the most impressive part of their defense, right? They stack up interceptions and pick sixes. And so it is... Like he, assuming he directly coaches that group and it's his coaching that really helps them succeed, he's, I, I think, probably one of the more uh impressive young coaches, but he's just an assistant. If he probably if he didn't play for the Packers, I doubt anyone would want him because
0: right. I mean, Packers fans, why, why would we want to poach a cowboys coach? We hate the Cowboys, right? Right. I, I completely agree. I, I, I like Al Harris. I think he's very intelligent. Um, but he's got one year under his belt. Uh, you know, or two years under his belt. I don't know why Al Harris is the must get. I mean, what? First of all, you're going to get Jim Leonard. You would assume at some point would throw his name into the mix. Uh, and there's other assistants that are out there that we've talked about that could work out well, or at least you would assume would get interviewed. Um, I I just I don't know what the necessity or what the fascination is with the w- with al harris and whole, the the other thing is here here's the other aspect of this people are saying well here's the rumors well, who, who started the rumors that's what i want to know where are the rumors coming from
1: i see a lot of bloggers write about al harris i don't i don't think there's any right, concrete that, there's no reporting to back any of this up it's exactly just, that's it's
0: exactly that's exactly what i what i was getting to is is you know, with, with the rumors that are out there, who's starting the rumors? Because I don't hear anything like that coming from inside any organization. There's nothing substantiated. Um, I mean, if I had to look at somebody and say, okay, who's got a ton of experience and who has the ability to call? I my, One of the first guys I would call would be Johnny Holland. He's the uh, linebackers coach for the 49ers. Been around a long time. Knows it as well as anybody and seen has, has seen a ton of different defensive styles. Johnny Holland would be my first call. He'd be, he'd be a guy that I, I like. Uh, why he has not gotten more run as the possibility of a defensive coordinator, I don't know. But that'd be one of the calls that I would make. I'd probably go to Harbaugh's staff down in Baltimore and look down there uh, for a defensive coordinator, an assistant uh, D coordinator, or a, uh, a linebacker's coach or a D line coach. Uh, I 'd go after one of those guys, the, the, because you look at teams that have had successful defenses you know for a while now that have been sustainable now they 've had great players, don't get me wrong, but even when their players have gone down, you look for somebody that 's been able to adapt and overcome, and that's what I 'd be looking for. that 's why Johnny Holland would be one of the guys that I would call, but I, I mean I don 't know what Matt LaFleur's thinking. maybe he 's got his his crosshair squarely on Jim Leonard. Maybe that's the reason Jim Leonard didn't take another job, didn't go anywhere else, didn't want to move away from Wisconsin because he knew there was one year remaining for Joe Barry. He knew that if things did not go well this year, that maybe he'd get another call from Matt LaFleur. Maybe they've stayed in touch. Maybe they've shared some texts. Who knows? But you would assume he would at least get a call to get a little run. That probably would be the first. Maybe if you bring in Al Harris as, say, an assistant D coordinator, uh, you, you raise his title. I I don't know. I, I don't know what you would do with him if you really want to go in that direction. Um, but I, I, I don't know where all the rumors come that, Hey, by the way, have you heard this? It's like the only people I hear it from are usually callers or people on the live stream or other talk show hosts, but there's nothing that's substantial that's out there. But Johnny Holland, if I'm going to look at a guy, I don't know why more people haven't called this guy to be a defensive coordinator. And maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know the guy well enough, but I do know what the results have been. I do know how his linebackers play. I do know how his outside linebackers play. And I I really have liked him. Um so and they've always had a pretty solid defense. Always had a pretty solid defense. So I that'd be one of the guys that I would call. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to give us a shout? please feel free to go ahead and do so. We're going to take some more phone calls when we come back. Stick around. This portion of the program and the new year brought to you by our friends at J&L Tire Service Center right there in Watertown and in Johnson Creek, Boulder Road in Watertown, and uh, just above I-94 at the Johnson Creek exit right off of 94. You can see it there. Both places fantastic. Both places very philanthropic. And Lyle and uh, his staff are great people, but you can trust them. And whether it's an oil change, new tires for your vehicle, as the snow gets ready to fly, or... Maybe you just want to make sure that your car's got a, a good checkup, or you're an over the road driver and you need tires, you need brakes, you need trailer, tractor repair. They've got the facility for that as well. Many different things that they do out there, and they do it while giving back to the community. That is JNL Tire and Service Center in Watertown and in Johnson. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Had a great time this past weekend. New Year's Eve, Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They, uh, they got the store in back now, which sells gourmet cheesecakes and sauces and different local products and cheeses and such right there. But uh, also inside the restaurant, is, is the food was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, they've got handmade jalapeno poppers. And most of the time you just get them, they just fry them and off they go. These are handmade. They take a whole jalapeno, put cream cheese and stuff in it, then they wrap it in like a wonton, and then they fry it. Oh, my God. These things were am- I've never had anything like them before. They're, they're amazing. So we had that. We had uh, the prime rib out there, which was fantastic. But they also cater. And 2024 already is booking up for them. So if you're interested in getting some really good food and catering in the Lake Country area, uh, call Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, give them a shout, and get a hold of Tom. They do some really, really, really good work. On County Road K in Oconomowoc, that's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, and thanks to them and everybody that came out on New Year's Eve. We had such, such a great time. It was so much fun. Thanks to everybody for coming out and saying hi to us. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to Joe listening to us and Spencer. Joe, how are you doing today, man? What's up?
1: Good. Uh, happy New Year, and may it be better next Monday. Absolutely. Okay. I was wondering if you had a stat for how many yards Jordan Love has thrown for this year, and did he surpass Aaron Rodgers, and how many else are in that category?
0: Ooh, okay. First year starter. Yeah, no, you know what, I don't have everything sitting in front of me when it comes to the comparison, Uh, but I do have Jordan Love's numbers. I mean, I can certainly give you that, when you look at Jordan Love and what he has done this season, He has steadily risen. Uh, He has thrown for 3,800, almost 4,000 yards, 3,843. He's averaging seven yards per uh, per pass attempt, uh, 240 yards per game. He has thrown for uh, now 30 touchdowns and 11 picks with a 93.8 quarterback rating and a completion percentage that has gotten better Because for a while it was sitting at about 56 to 58. Now he's sitting at 63%, which is where I wanted him to be. So all the numbers, all the metrics that I wanted to see him hit to say, okay, I think this guy's got a legitimate shot at being pretty good in the NFL, he's hit all those numbers. So kudos to Jordan Love, especially for what he's done over the last few weeks. So he's
1: got less than 200 yards to get Uh, 4,000. Yeah,
0: to get to 4,000, yeah. He's got 157 yards to throw for, and he'll get to 4,000 yards in a season. So not a bad way to go. And and we appreciate the phone call. And when you look at it, you look at, say, Tua. Tua's thrown for 4,450 yards. He's averaging 278 per game. But he's got 28 touchdowns and 12 picks. His completion percentage, though, is much higher. It's almost 70%, 69.6. You got Brock Purdy, who has had his issues. He's thrown for 31 touchdowns and 11 picks. Here's the thing. Uh, Brock Purdy, his completion percentage is a lot higher. It's 69.4%. So just a tick under 70. Uh, and his quarterback rating is 113. Now, Brock Purdy, for a while, up until that last contest, was looked at as probably, and really against the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, looked at as probably a true MVP candidate. And when you look at the touchdowns, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks, well, Jordan Love has 30 touchdowns and 11 picks. The difference is the completion percentage. Jordan Love started off so low that he has basically taken the last four or five weeks to raise that completion percentage up. And he's gotten into more of a rhythm and, and just looked better. He's kept his feet under him. He had the hiccup midseason uh, earlier, right after the uh, the Bears game and after the, uh, the Falcons game. He didn't look good uh, for like a four or five-week stretch. You're like, wow, man, I don't know if this is the guy. And then he had a couple of good games. He came on against Pittsburgh but really started to play well against the Chargers. Then you remember the game excuse me, he had against Detroit and then back-to-back weeks with him, with uh, Detroit and then Kansas City, and you thought, oh, man, here you go. And then all of a sudden you get games, you know, against the Giants, which is not great, and, you know, played the, the way they played against Tampa Bay, and you're like, wow, man, what, what happened to that guy? And so you had the four or five weeks from week one that were not great, the couple of weeks there after they knocked off Kansas City that were not great, and then he's put it back together. So now what you're hoping for next year is to build upon this season and to say, okay, the downturns are not going to be as long or, or extended or look as bad, and the highs will look even better. That's what you're hoping for. That's the, the learnability factor. Like, do you get better at that now that you've been through it, which is why I want to see them get the postseason experience. Because it then gives you that pressure. It then gives you that taste of here's where your game has to be. You have to elevate to be this good. And you know you, you consider a guy like Josh Allen. He's got 27 touchdowns, but 16 picks. He leads just about everybody except for Sam Howell. Sam Howell's got 19 picks in the season with 20 touchdowns. Um, but you look at the quarterback rating overall, uh, which is kind of like what you what you you know really kind of kind of look for when it comes to where your quarterback is and Jordan Love is now top 10 cuz you take out Matt Mason Rudolph who's only played 3 games you take out Kirk Cousins although Kirk Cousins threw for you know 2300 yards but he's only got 8 games on the season uh Jake Browning who's got 8 games on the season uh then Jordan Love well, Jordan Love would basically be sitting there at number 10 if you take Mason Rudolph out of the mix Brock Purdy would be number 1 Dak Prescott 2 Kirk Cousins 3 with an asterisk because he's only played eight games. Tua would be four. Lamar Jackson is five. C.J. Stroud, who's played 14 games, will be six. Uh, Russell Wilson, seven. Jake Browning, again, asterisk because he's only played eight games. Uh, Jared Goff would be uh, sitting there at number eight as well. and Baker Mayfield and then uh, Derek Carr and Jordan Love. Jordan Love would be top ten. Jordan Love would be top ten when it comes to quarterback rating in the National Football League. And that is... That is a very substantial rise to where he was because he was at uh, eighty nine. God, I want to say eighty nine point two or something like that at one point, which would put him uh, probably twentieth uh, in the National Football League. If he went to eighty nine point two, uh, about twentieth, right right above Trevor Lawrence, who's eighty nine point one. So he's had he's had a substantial growth. When we come back, we'll get back into the phone calls as well. Corey and everybody, hang in there. Uh, Rogers' first year, he finished with just over a 4,000 yards. By the way, Grant is telling me. So we'll get into that coming up here in a few as well. I'll try to look up some numbers during the break. But no, Jordan Love has really come on and played well. Really played well. Hang in there. Got a lot more of the Bill Michaels show. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Coming up right after this.